Hey toy family, welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. I'm George Gaspar. Guys, it's been five and a half months since our last record. Isn't that crazy? Uh, and you're going right in there. We didn't even pre-prep. <laughs> no, why pre-prep? Let's let let the listeners know like we haven't talked in five and a half months. We've had occasional text messages, but not many. I was like Right when we stop recording, we just stop communicating with each other. How are you guys doing? Teresa, you go first. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I just, this is a weird year. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I'm here. George, how about you? Uh, I've had a baby since the last time we talked. <laughs> I know. Congrats to you and Jess on baby Elliot. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, that's pretty much been our world for the past two months, so. Has it really been two months already? I mean, over now, like two, two months in a week or so, something like that. Yeah, it's been, it's, it goes fast and slow. (laughs) It goes fast. But yeah, how are you doing? You guys, you guys holding up? You doing okay? I know little Elliot had some complications there in the beginning. Uh, yeah, there's some stuff with it, but, but, you know, we're. I guess luckily we had all this lockdown practice. So like then it just became baby with us inside the house. Like <laughs> it wasn't really much of a difference. It's not like we can go out and we weren't missing going out anywhere because no one's going anywhere. Okay. Truthfully, is everyone still locked down and as paranoid as we were five and a half months ago? Uh, I mean, I am just because of baby, but I don't like, it's not because of any kind of virus. Oh, Okay. And what about you, Teresa? Are you, I know at the beginning of this, you and I were both very stay home, don't see friends, don't see family. Has that changed at all? Have you, have you, you know, increased that inner circle to include family at this point? Uh, my bubble is slightly larger, but it's a pretty tight bubble. I am um, working from home and working from home since March. I foresee that will continue for a while. I remember, I distinctly remember us talking about this in March and I was like, Oh, like give it a month, and you all were like, "No, like July," and I was like, "Really?" And here we are, what September? <laughs> and I'm like, "Yep, this is 2020." So um, it's a bubble for me; just keeps me sane. Um, I think the anxiety has lessened compared to the beginning, but um, just for for me, it's just easier just to kind of stay put. So. I, I see family a little bit here and there, but for the most part, it's just me and Bailey just hiding away. Yeah, we're kind of the same way. But we don't want to be talking pandemic and COVID and all that sort of stuff, do we? This is a, a toy podcast. We want to lighten the mood a little bit. So how about we get to talking some toys? Wait, I just want one COVID question and then we'll be off of it. Okay. Do we have either of you, because we didn't really know anyone that had it. It was, like, it was a possibility that the uh, the clutter guys had it, but... Yeah. Do we, do we? Has it hit any closer to either of you? Fortunately, no. No family members, no close friends. Everyone's safe and healthy so far. I do know some friends and coworkers and family members that you know know people, but that's indirectly. But um, okay. Yeah, I'll say fear. Teresa, you? Yeah. No. No direct um, family members, but I definitely know people who've gotten it. Luckily, no one I know that's passed from it, but. Um, but yeah, so George. I finally just last month, my my buddy I went to college with, you know, we're he lives out here. We've been friends since then, and 
he has it. He, but he's a nurse, and he was doing COVID testing around the country. So that's how he. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I like how you said finally. Like you've been just waiting to have a, a, someone in your Rolodex that finally got it. I just wanted to know someone who had it, like <laughs> that really had it, like for real. Yeah. Oh, I know plenty who have. He's really okay. Had but. I don't know. It's one of those things at the beginning. I was like, I don't want to do anything. And then I think over time, it's like, okay, I did like, I've been doing click list and that's fine. I've been getting takeout. That's fine. I walk Bailey around the neighborhood. That's fine. So I think it's been, it's been good to kind of confirm, okay, I've done these things and I'm okay. So I'll just keep doing those things. Uh-huh. And every now and again, I add like a new thing and I'm like, did that kill me? No. Okay. Moving on. I think that's so how- what we're all doing though. Like, is that going to be our, our doom? Because we're, we're all getting a little more adventurous in what we're doing. Like, you guys know at the beginning of this, I was, we were all staying home. We weren't getting takeout. We were, uh, I, was, I was wiping my groceries down with Clorox wipes. Like, crazy cautious. Is now, like, day by day, I get a little more adventurous to the point where I'm pretty much normal as usual, except for as long as I have my mask and my sanitizer, I feel safe. Nice. How have your uh, how have your guys' toy buying been this whole time? You know, I haven't bought a whole lot. There's been some things that I've really almost pulled the trigger on, but I didn't pick up. I almost I tried to get the Dino Kitty. That didn't work out. We can discuss that later. I almost went for Invisible Creature. Had this really awesome mummy resin figure. It was a pre-order, and I didn't jump on it because it was resin. I'm kind of a material snob still. And uh, I almost <laughs> bought the, what is it, the, the Booby Eye Young Treason. They did a janky version. I almost bought that, but the shoes, the shoes, I can't get past the shoes. Yeah, they're a little hip-hop for Treason. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? Still buying? Teresa? Um, not really. Like I said, it's been a weird, it's been a really weird year in a lot of ways. And, uh, my toy buying has definitely slowed. I think the only thing I've really bought this year are blind boxes, which is really, really weird now that I like reflect on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've, in general, I feel like, I don't know if it's this year or what, but I feel like I've been, like, weirdly separated from the toy scene and toy news and toy drops. And I don't know. I'm not – I haven't, like, F5'd on a toy in a very long time. which <laughs> is really weird. Do you think that's because of the pandemic and your priorities changed, or is that just kind of how you were going into this? I, I think I was kind of already headed down a path of lessening my purchases. And we could talk more, I guess, in detail about just what COVID has done to our scene. But I think in general, like the lack of events and just just like the atmosphere of the toy world, I feel like has shifted some. And I think that is also kind of contributed to my lack of buying. Yeah, same. Let's touch on that later, George. What about you? Uh, I've been I've been buying like crazy. I feel like I think I bought more toys this year than I did in the last two years. Are so, you the new me? Maybe. I know a lot uh, of people obviously... like you though, George. A lot like a lot more people that I know, like collector wise, have buying been buying more in this stay at home atmosphere. I don't know just because they just that that urge to still purchase stuff and make yourself happy through purchases, maybe. 
Well, I mean, I've been I've been seeing a lot more because, like, when I'm you know when I'm working a norm when I'm at my normal job, I wasn't really even looking at blogs. I don't get to see any of the Instagram feeds. But now that I'm here and home, like, I get to see all that stuff more. So it's you know it's been a lot easier for me to keep up on some of the stuff and some of the releases. And I think there's just a few things that came out this year that I was really excited about too. So. You are the new version of us. I'm the opposite of you. I almost have no clue what's going on. You're actually still texting me like some things I had no idea about. I think it was last month you texted like, dude, that can bot funded really fast. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And it turned out <laughs> there was a three inch minifigure can bot uh, Kickstarter campaign. And yeah, it funded within a few minutes. I heard. Yeah. I mean, it was, it went quick. I didn't, and, I think by the time I had even seen it, it was already, you know, it was already crazy. So, and, but I mean, that's us, that doesn't count. That's a Kickstarter. And you know, I've always been on that. That's true. I think it's official, Gary. George, this, sh- this show's on you. Yeah. We're giving you <laughs> hosting duties. You're taking oh, over all, all prep duties too. We, we don't want that. We don't <laughs> want that. Believe me. Have you, got, have, this is, this is a mass market thing, but have you guys seen the new, Star Wars Mission Fleet figures. Like, do you guys care about Star Wars stuff at all? No, I don't pay much attention, but I've never heard of this. What is it? Oh, man, there's a new scale of Star Wars out, and it's very close to, like, Glyos scale, and, like, the figures are just so good. I can't, like, I just, I hope they keep going because I want to keep buying them. The last Star Wars thing I got was those, actually, probably the first. (laughs) those little teeny pores with the uh like ball jointed wings oh yeah i remember okay and, uh, those were super super cute that's your only star wars toy that's awesome <laughs> i think that's my only like if you don't count like um i think i have a, a like a dorbs chewbacca but like thinking about like mainstream just straight from the star wars line yeah i think that's it it was the porgs. All they need to do is make something cute and little, and I bought it. <laughs> well, I I can start with a with a with a you know our scene type toy if you want. If you guys want to get into something like that, I don't know where you're going with it, but go ahead. We'll see where it goes. Uh, have you seen the Have you seen the stuff that Urban Vinyl Daily has been putting out? UVD Toys. I have. Did you, yes. did you see the MCA figure, the Evil Ape? I did. It was awesome. Wow. God, that figure, like that really sparked it for me for this year. Like that, that brought me back to like, cause I don't know if Teresa, you might not know the evil ape figure or, you know, it's history, but it was, there was evil ape figures many years ago by Toy 2R. And uh, just, so just seeing one done now, like a new version. So cool. George, are you talking about the Dalek figure? No, the one that came out right before that. It's the evil ape. It's the one that looks like a, uh, like a weird, I don't even know how to describe it. Almost like a, almost like an Ed Roth type drawing, like real scratchy. I gotta go look. Big, big eyes, like holding a banana. I gotta hand it to UVD Toys. They're they're doing extremely well. It's Travis Likens. He's the one that runs it. This is just a pure passion thing for him. But he's got such a pulse on who he's working with, the scene, the collectors. So he's doing a great job. And as far as a Western producer, they got so many things in the in the fryer, it seems like. I've seen Dalek Space Monkey, 
the evil ape. They had the recently they had that coffin character. Can't think of the name of it. Um, the angry elephant. And actually, there was another one I saw just before we jumped on here. It's like uh, a sneakerhead design meets uh, like a skeleton. It was called uh, Deadstock. And yeah, it's just it's just a really cool figure. Great shapes, great stylization, good proportions. I can see that one doing extremely well too. Like it had um, what's that name of that weapon that a Grim Reaper has? The scythe. Yes, a scythe. So it had a for the scythe. It had a Nike swoosh. It's just a really cool just figure. It's gonna do really well. And UVD Toys, congratulations! You guys are like one of the shining stars of what's going on, especially during the pandemic. Keep it up. Yeah, I definitely think they've they've jumped up and i mean it seems like a lot more production even i'm I'm just looking at that dead stock thing now yeah that's cool yeah they're pumping out a lot i didn't realize they were remaking that the evil ape you're talking about because i remember seeing that pictures of that yeah i mean the evil ape was a character a long time ago with uh with toy 2r and they never they never did the art justice but this one really does so it's i'm totally stoked about it now isn't the dalek one also a, a resurgence of a kind yeah, it was. I mean, Dalek or Dalek. I think. He, Sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Tomato, I think tomato. Goes, Dalek is the the Doctor Who, and Dalek is the artist. <laughs> uh, I think that he goes. He he had a bunch of different variants of his space monkey stuff. Like back, Kid Robot did some. I think right. Like back in year years ago. Like a uh, lot was, of years. Was it Kid Robot or Toy Two R? Or maybe it was both. I don't remember. Toy Tour definitely did. They had a key a key Dalek, um, but then there was also like regular release, like almost like this figure, like, and then there was they might have even been like squared off one, whatever that toy is, like a real boxy looking version of him. There was yeah, a bunch, like the Ice Bots, right? Yeah, Ice Bot was that was part of that. Um, you know, and that was a long time ago. Yeah, it's actually kind of fun looking through like their uh, the feed and all the different characters they've been making or even the prototypes they've shared there's a prototype of a new scribe uh rhino figure coming that's very similar to the mike fudge cub where it's kind of um the the scribe rhino in uh kind of like a alpha and headphones but it does seem like they've got this sort of running theme of bringing back old artists of the day and kind of giving them new life because um, a lot of these, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I know Scribe, but I haven't seen a toy by Scribe in a really long time. And same with Mike Fudge before Cub came out. So it's kind of cool that they're uh, breathing new life into some of these older artists again. Like the street art part of part of the vinyl toys yeah. used to exist. I mean, they are called Urban Vinyl Daily, so. That's true. Keeping it urban, keeping it alive, bringing it back. We'll see. There's even a Cheech Wizard uh, collab coming up, which is awesome. I was going to ask, is that also a, a resurgence? That is. Oh, yeah. Cheek, Cheek Wizard was like, I think, the very first Kid Robot vinyl toy, wasn't it? Uh, it might have been, yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it definitely stems back into the street art from like the 70s. So. Yeah. Cool. I think this will be fun because there's, there's people like me who probably like have known but maybe never, didn't collect it or wasn't around when that stuff was coming out. And then there's newer people in the scene that might be seeing it for the first time. So I like it. Yeah, that's definitely what's cool about this stuff is like it's it can hit guys like me who did, who haven't been able to buy that stuff in a long time. And then because everything just went real Teresa out there. Everything got so cute. And, <laughs> you know, like they're bringing it back to the olden days of street stuff, which is the stuff I liked more. 
It's good. Do you think that you don't say cute's gonna die? I still gotta have some cute for me. Oh no, no, don't worry. There's plenty of companies still making cute. Oh god, yeah. I mean, look at Pop Mart. <laughs> They're not going anywhere. They got cute covered in spades. They're not gonna jump over and start doing uh, street artists or anything like that. Speaking of yeah. like like street art and stuff, like George, did you back the um, the Cambot campaign? Uh yeah, I did. I just backed it for. Uh, I think you can get like four random ones or something like that. For those not familiar, this was a Kickstarter campaign headed up by Clutter and CZ. CZ is the designer of the CanBot. And for this, it was a 16, well, 16 international designers designing like I think 23 different figures. And it looks like a little spray spray can guy kind of sitting down. Actually, you pick it up and it rattles. And so they did a Kickstarter campaign and it fully funded within minutes. I think they were only asking... 25,000 or something. Yeah, I think it was the same as like what the Jankies did, like 25,000. Yeah, and it fully funded. The fi- uh, final amount was $245,000. Wow. That's great. Congrats. Yeah, 961 backers. Congrats. Wow. You know, so I, you know, they had been putting out a few Canbot releases before the Kickstarter, but they were the larger, I think it was five inch size. And you know me, they went a little smaller, and that 3N size, it's perfect, in my opinion. And that rattle, that to me is, it's like that extra little thing that just makes it so good. The fact that it shakes and sounds like a spray can. Did you back it then? I did not. I fully support it, but, I mean, if you look at the designs, you would know that they they go and lean towards that more street art sort of side of the scene and that's just not something I collect yeah but um I did see it and I did take a look the one thing that I thought was cool I don't did you all see the um uh the little contest piece they included as part of the kickstarter where um anyone in the scene well or anyone out there could submit a design and people voted and then they're going to pick uh an artist to add to the blind box series yeah I did I like I think, the, you know, the winning design was by someone I'm not familiar with, zero productivity, but he kind of did this cute little pigeon character. Oh, I got to go look. I got to say, the, the, I looked through a few of the designs and woof, it looked like the old days of when you open up a contest to anybody. Oh, you get. There were some you, great ones and yeah, there are some amateur type stuff, but. You get a lot of stuff that's no good. I'll tell you that. How was it decided? Was it decided by popular vote or was Clutter the decision maker? I didn't pay that much attention. Yeah, so it was basically anyone could submit. Um, I I think it was through like a hashtag post, um, I I guess on either at least Instagram, maybe Facebook too. But they created a giant list. Um, The one thing that it was is a little bit of a popularity vote because what they had people do was go and like and whichever 10 designs got the most likes, those were the ones that then Clutter and a panel of judges picked to put in the series. So I, 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 I didn't follow it a ton, but um, I think they were doing, uh, you could vote once per day for however many days they ran it. And I think some people were, uh, I heard a few things about, not loving the the liking process because uh, you know if people have more followers or spit it out there in a certain way they can just kind of garner likes for their designs um, more so than other people. But 
I don't know. I still think it's cool when they include like a community type of piece to this kind of stuff. So speaking as someone who ran a community voting toy, it's such a giant hassle and headache and you always get people complaining and crying and it's, it's just a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I mean, when you, you want the guy who has the most likes even if he's got, because you want the guy with more friends who's going to buy the piece. You don't want the guy with six followers to, to, to be like, <laughs> who has nobody who's going to buy his thing. Like, you want the one, you want it to sell. You want it to go to the people with the most stuff. Well, that's kind of what's nice about the Kickstarter, though, is it's already been funded. It's not dependent on having an established artist back a design. It's like, this is where you can help out someone who's new and coming into it. So I, I kind of don't like the popularity aspect because of that. Yeah, but you still have to sell that toy later on. It has to be in a box that someone might want to buy. <laughs> yeah, that's what? true. <laughs> I thought it was interesting because, you know, most of these designs in the series were pad printed, right? And some of the stuff being submitted, I was like, wow, that's like a crazy sculpt edition that mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if they took on. But um, I don't know. I, I was kind of gunning for something cuter, obviously, because, like I said, I mean, I think it's a good mix of designs and artist but in general because it's a spray can it just leans a little more urban and street art and so i was kind of gunning for one of the sort of cuter cuter designs that were out there but if you go look at the um with top 10 finalists and on clutter magazine's instagram page they're all kind of leaning in the same direction of the series which makes sense so you know what's funny is you say it goes more towards the street art side of things and then for me, I like street art stuff, and this is too cutesy for me. Really? Like, yeah, like this doesn't really, this doesn't really push any. Like I backed it because I want to support those guys. I want to help out, and you know, I want to follow the campaign and see how it goes. And, but yeah, these these designs do nothing for me for the most part. And it's kind of funny too because Clutter reached out to me. I think it was probably last February or so to contribute some designs to a Canbot, and I don't know if it was for this Kickstarter or not, but. I declined on the basis of I don't do street art. I don't use a spray can for anything because for me to do a spray can, I'd just be a poser, right? So that's kind of like everyone in that series looks like they've actually touched a spray can to a wall at some point in their lives. So I'm I'm glad that that's the way they they did it. Well, and I think that's probably for me, George, why I said like just because the item in general is a spray can, what makes it lean already towards urban street yeah yeah no i get it i mean and there's a couple that i you know there's a few of them that i like and hopefully i'll get you know maybe one of those in the in the little box i get can i just say george you will be proud so when i saw the kickstarter i decided to watch the video which you know for me i don't always do that but they i'll say they killed the promo video for this campaign like the music and everything, I was like jamming to it, watching the canvots like spin in. Whoever helped them produce the video to promote this, it was really good. You know what's funny is I don't think I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go, if you go to, uh, I mean, there's a little snippet of it uh, on Clutter. Well, I can go look up their Kickstarter. I'm on their Kickstarter page now. I'll look it up and I'll watch it after the show. Now, if I had one 
criticism to make on the Kickstarter campaign. It wouldn't be like how it was ran or the toy, their designs. It would be over this add-on t-shirt they had. And then rather than just going with a cool design that a lot of people are going to want, they went with a statement, like a negative statement shirt that really only a few people, I think, would actually want or even know what it's trying to say. Um, and what was the statement, though? It's escaping me. It says corporate vinyl still sucks. That's it. Corporate vinyl still sucks. Why? I, I would never wear that in a million years. Like, this, how many people even, with our, in our little toy scene, knows what they're meaning by that? I'm assuming it's obviously the big box toy store stuff, but does that also include now K-Robot, Super 7, Pop Mart? Like, why make that statement? Especially now with all the divide in our country too, the negativity and the, the hatred and just country divide. Like, why go with that statement now? But don't worry. Then they came out with that other figure that said, create, don't hate. So they also <laughs> don't hate. <laughs> That's true. There's some mixed messages going on on this page. <laughs> A little bit. It's just so designer toy though, right? To be like edgy and rebellious with a statement like that. It, it's not the first time it's happened though. Remember, um, got a t-shirt from Toy Pinionated. Remember that? Oh yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt. So he gave me a t-shirt of his Toy Pinionated logo. On the front, it looks great. Just a cool little character. It says Toy Pinionated. But on the back, it says, everything you like sucks. And I'm thinking, I'm never <laughs> going to wear that. I, it's, it's not something I would ever wear because of the statement now. I wore it and I always had someone comment on it. They loved it. People always really? loved it. Really? Yeah. I wish Matt's blog still existed. He made me laugh all the time with that thing. He was great, but I think he learned quickly. Like this scene doesn't have the skin to deal with what he was doing. Oh no! Everyone cries too much. He got quickly ran out of town. Yeah, for sure. Teresa has no idea what we're talking about right now. No, I'm clueless. (laughs) Are you talking about someone who was like 100 percent honest in their opinions, and everyone hated it and shat on it? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about someone, someone like George, actually, but his name was Matt Heisey, and he was actually a really good writer, and he wrote the, for the Toy Pinnated blog that he started, and, uh, you know, good guy, but one day he just up and disappeared. But, like I said, I just don't think everyone could accept his brand of um, him speaking his mind. So. Don't I know it. <laughs> well, I will just say this create not hate thing is pretty cool. This mech bot. Is it meant to be that the little three ounce can sit in it, or is it a completely different figure? I couldn't, tell. I couldn't tell if it was the guy sitting in it, or if they just made a new guy that goes. This mech it. suit allows the Cambot to take. <sighs> be cool if it was the blinds sit in it, but it looks like it's a different figure because it's got yeah. hand controls. I feel like it's a different figure. Maybe it's the head. I don't know. It's it's rad looking though. I really like it. It reminds me of the old CI boys. They had a little mech like that. This oh. one's way more advanced, but... The iBoys sounds familiar. Another line that died before you existed, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe UBD will bring it back. Exactly. <laughs> it probably will. It's probably already in the works. We'll see a prototype next week. So going back to the um, the CanBot toy, we have the Stomping Ground, our Facebook group for the Marsham Toy Hour, and kind of like what we did with all the Janky campaigns, we did a prediction pool for the CanBot. And we had a whopping four entries for the prediction pool. 
Maybe because we weren't on the air for the last 12 years. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It could have to do with the hiatus. But anyways, I want to congratulate Corey Goya for winning. You had uh, She got the option of getting a $25 gift card to any of our sponsors of her choice. And she chose My Plastic Heart. But she guessed 210000 and she won. But really, wow. Really, got 25 bucks. She, 25. We have money going on this thing? Gary, this is a good prize. I dipped into my own wallet. But really, there was only th- like a th- one in three chance of winning because, <laughs> because Michelle Delgado, she took a page out of like the price is right. Someone else had said 300000 and she came in at 300001 Oh. <laughs> she, she, she just took out Jason like like that. So, yeah, it was really only a one in three shot of winning. And congrats, Corey, on that. That's a smart move. She just chose the wrong number to one up. Yeah, so maybe when, like by actually putting money on the table, we'll get more participants and future things. And it's that's the, crazy. The stomping ground at Marsham Toy Hour on Facebook. Join. We'll I'm gonna have to get on there. And we've been very. Yeah. We we took a true hiatus. That's for sure. But no, I still popped into the stomping ground every once in a while. Left the comment, but we need you guys in there more. I used to be. I took a hiatus on everything this year. Don't take any offense. I have just buried myself in a hole. Well, can we talk about the one thing, Teresa, that you didn't take a hiatus on, and that's becoming a customizer. True. Uh, very true. I tried a thing. You got the itch now? Uh, in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's tell people what we're talking about. Horrible Adorables had a show at um, Whoop Bear up in San Francisco. And it was the release of the of the latest color of the... What's that guy called? I collect all of them. It was a red version that came out. So it's the Familiar Friends. And uh, they had a... They were, it was the release of the red colorway, uh, Jinxie. How do uh, I have uh, all of them, but I don't know the name of the thing that I'm collecting? <laughs> You're like, hey. <laughs> um, yeah, they're Familiar Friends. But, um, yeah, so Horrible Adorables uh, is actually, I think it was their first curated show, uh, but it was called Familiar Friends, and um, it was big, like 38 artists, I want to say. It was a really big show, Um, and they had actually reached out to me. Obviously, they're prepping this stuff far in advance, so before all of this you know, crazy Corona stuff happened. They had read at, reached out and asked if I wanted to take part. And so, um, they know, not a lot of people know, but I, I've dabbled in customs a little bit in the past. I mean, very small, uh, just playing around, but I do like doing art and I do like creating stuff. And I'd mentioned to them at designer con last year, we were talking about it and I was saying, yeah, like, I feel like it's something I should try to get back into. I just, I'd never have, I think about it. Like, I, I can't tell you how many, toys I sit and look at and I'm like oh I bought an extra one of those because I thought maybe I'd customize it but I never do and so they had reached out and asked if I wanted to participate and I was like okay yeah sure I'll do it this will be fun um and then all this crazy stuff happened and I wasn't even sure if the show was going to still take part and it did so um they were actually really good about pulling in a lot of people who aren't typically creating creating customs in the scene so if you go look at the list of 
artists for this show. It was a really um, cool mix of people who have been doing customs for a while and a lot of newbies like me. So huge thank you to Jordan and Chris for having faith in me and pulling me in and letting me give it a go. And I did it. You did. Here's a question for you, though. Did you do it? On time, because you know, on the, the show we we've talked a lot about how artists tend to do things at last minute, especially for conventions, and but definitely for custom shows as well. So, how did you do? Did you heed your own advice? Ooh, I finished. I I thought I finished uh, good on on time. Okay. So, I was a little behind on um, the way they wanted it to work. Was um, I, I think it's okay to share? It's I have to say it's very interesting being kind of on the the artist side of things and having to think ahead because yeah the show was august 1st but there were all these dates of Mm -hmm. trying to meet it ahead of time right and so the desire was to get stuff mailed and in horrible horrible adorable hands by a specific time so that they could package everything up and ship it out to boot bear that's just how they wanted it uh how they wanted to run this particular show and so I I had misremembered some dates and I was off by a week. And so I thought, oh, God, what am I going to do? And so I'm like sitting, trying to figure out what to do. I actually ended up uh, coordinating me doing my custom along with some vacation time I was already planning. Because I was like, there's no way in hell. Like, how the hell am I going to get this done? So I ended up using a big chunk of a two-week vacation to knock out my custom. Oh, man. Um, yeah. But... Uh, so I was a little behind in that I messed up on dates and I, at one point I had to message them and I was like, look, I'm not going to meet your, get it in your hands date. But I was like, I can definitely get it out to whoop bear and Tom, if it's okay, if I just ship it to them directly. So that's what I ended up doing, but they had it a week before the show, which I think is pretty good. That's pretty good. Considering you're probably ahead of the curve on that one. Oh, I mean, I've definitely delivered way later than that. <laughs> I, I was pretty proud. I was like, I'm a little late compared to the desired date they had set. But I was like, I think I did pretty darn good. And, yeah. I think if you talk to a majority of curators, they would probably say 20% of stuff probably arrives day of the actual event. That's or the day after sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, then I did really good. But I'll yeah. tell you. Man, I was stressing. It's not easy, right? Customizing? Oh my god, it's there's it just everything about it. The I mean, of course, you know, I'm in my head. I'm like everyone's going to judge me. Like I've not I've kind of done customs in the past, but not really, not like this. Like this is like my first official in the scene show. People know who I am. I can't f this up. Like what if people hate it? What if it's ugly? Ah! So well, just so you know, we're all thinking that when we're all making customs. It doesn't matter who we are. We're all thinking the same thing. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm part of the club now because it was just, I mean, like trying to figure out what to do. I kind of just, it's funny where I landed with it. Every decision I ended up liking was kind of just a it just happened like I tried planning I tried planning out what I was going to do to sculpt on it didn't really stick with that kind of evolved it tried planning out a color palette didn't stick with that I evolved it (laughs) so it's like everything I was doing along the way I mean oh it was just it was a lot but I was like if anything I, I like I literally was like I need to get a new I need to get new tools 
I need an airbrush. I need this. I need that. Because I was like, this isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. So it sold night of the event, yeah? It did. Okay. What was your hourly wage all said and done? Oh, God. $4 an hour? I would say I spent a solid week at least, probably a week and a half, just working on my custom. I mean... Granted, I, I mean, I worked late into the night some nights because I was just on a roll and wanted to keep rolling. But I wasn't necessarily like, you know, waking up at 7 a.m., work until, you know, one in the morning every day. I, I gave my I felt like it was nice because I did have time. I was like, oh, OK, I've sculpted. Let's let it sit. Let's think on it. Let's see how he looks tomorrow. Oh, OK, let's let's bake this. Let's sand it. Let's see how it looks. Oh, next day we'll prime and sand it down. And so I was able to kind of stair step it in versus like not have to totally rush it but i don't know let's say let's say eight hours a day for a week and a half gary what's that 60 hours and i got i get uh so i'm sure people realize with galleries it's not a you get everything so i get half of what my custom was so 75 bucks okay. for 60 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so you work about a dollar fifty an hour you made, but then take taxes out of that. So, yeah. So that's the thing. Wait. And that's the reason I wanted to bring it up because artists do these things because they enjoy it. And like, we don't always right. make what the va- like our valuable time is really worth. So, you know, and people need to realize that when they, they wonder and they, they see a custom and they wonder why is that price at 800 or 1200 bucks? It's because an artist put 40 plus hours into it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like so many things about this that I learned, not just about tools and process and, oh, I should do that differently this time or I really need a better tool, better tool to do that. But even the the stuff you don't think about, like pricing a figure, that was really, really hard. And I ended up. Because at one point I was, I was you know, messaging Jordan. I was like, I'm thinking just this. She was like, that's too low. <laughs> because I'm just, you know, again, I'm not going in this, as you said, necessarily to, to make money or sell this thing. I just wanted the push to participate and, you know, do something creative. So sure. I ended up, my pricing was, uh, it was helpful for me to see what other people price their pieces at. And then I based mine off of kind of that. I don't know. I was very, very happy. It sold. I was really proud at the end result, at the end of the day, where it landed. Although there was definitely uh, lots of stressful moments in there. I stress ate an entire giant family-sized bag of Hershey Kisses during the process. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen the wrappers were like littered all over my table. I'd just be popping them like pills. But um, I mean. One of the eyeball dots, I literally had to do four separate times. I'd do it. And then I was like, that's not even, that's not right. Paint it over black, let it dry, do it. That's not right. Oh, I was God. like, oh my God. I can relate. Now that it's all done and over with, you've experienced it. Do you still have the itch or do you cortisone it away? I definitely want to keep doing it. It's just, it's so hard for me. Like being off of work was great. And I felt like all my creative juices coming back and then my vacation ended work ran started up again and it was just like man when would I have time for this so I I don't know if I foresee myself jumping head on like other people out there where they're just cranking them out all the time in their free time but I by all means would love to be in you know another show or to 
do another one sometime soon. But, you know, That's right funny. right at this time, I'm not actively working on anything. When I when I saw that that, that their show was coming and that you were in it, I was like super bummed. I was like, wait, I, I want to do that figure. I love that figure. And then by the time it got to it, I was like, oh, I'm so glad that I was not involved. In <laughs> like I had, I would have zero time to do it. I would have been super bummed at what I would have put out. Like, yeah, so I, I was sad that I wasn't involved, but then I was so happy I was not involved. Yeah, It was a really fun figure to customize. It so, was. Yeah. Did they, what did they send you as far as like the blank? Was it like a white one? What was the, what, what color did you get sent? I had the red. So I had Jinxie, um, but when they sent out the email, they were letting people pick. So if you had a specific color in mind that you wanted to use as your base, oh. they'd pick. So you could choose between, uh, so they've got what purple, blue, the clear, glittery white one, and then the red. Nice. I think, and then there's one, they haven't put it on the public, but there's one other color um, that you well, could pick. If, they're not, if they haven't announced it. Um, but, uh, I just did, I didn't, I didn't have like an idea. I didn't sit and go, Ooh, I should really ba- build it off this color. So I didn't pick one and I got the red. I was like, okay, red is not me. I got to go. I, like, obviously I like more pastel colors. So that baby got covered up and I felt kind of bad because have you gotten the red one, George? Oh yeah. I bought yeah. it opening night. It has such a pretty, like subtle shimmer to it. Yeah, it's real nice. All of the colors have been really nice, though. But it looks like candy. I know Jordan was calling it Swedish Fish, but oh, um, it's—I felt almost a little bad. I was like, "This is a really pretty, like, shimmery vinyl." It's like we're covering this baby up. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you, there was definitely moments of panic and uh, serious. Silly K, she was a voice of reason. Uh, Beanie Bat was a voice of reason. There's a Beanie Bat was in the show, and uh, we're friends also because we're both collectors of Chris Reiniak. And so there was a point where I was like, I am gonna lose it. I am fully stressing. I don't even know if this is good. I was like, I have to just, I have to reach out to someone. And so I reached out to Robin, and she was great. And then Silly randomly sent me a voice message when the process of this, just to kind of say, hey. And I was like. Well, hey, guess what I'm in the middle of? And then she was like, you need to keep me posted. So I'd be sending her little daily video updates of like, here's where I'm at. Oh, remember how this was like this yesterday? Yeah, I completely redid that. (laughs) So she got a little behind the scenes look uh, into my creation process. But both of them, my gosh, they were so helpful in keeping me sane because there were definitely points where I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if this is going to happen. Well, you're you're one step closer to becoming a toy maker. <laughs> yeah, those are the stepping stones of making a, a good creator, Teresa. Self-doubt, breakdowns, you're there. You're almost there. <laughs> okay, now it's time for a sponsor break. We have three great stores that help us out. We got 3DRetro.com, MyPlasticHeart.com, and StrangeCatToys.com. If you head on over to MyPlasticHeart.com and happen to live in the States and spend $75 or more, Use our promo code TOYFAM at checkout and you'll receive free shipping on your order. Otherwise, you can go to strangecattoys.com and use our promo code MARSHAM at checkout and you'll receive 10% off your order. And to stay on top of all the latest and greatest in designer toy news, be sure to follow Spanky Stokes and The Toy Chronicle. 
Okay, before I jumped on the, the call, I did reach out to the stomping ground just for see if anyone had anything they wanted to hear us talk on. It's been a long time. So and it seemed like a majority of people wanted to hear us talk on what we feel the effects of the pandemic has had on the designer toy scene, whether that be, you know, cancellations of conventions, stores losing foot traffic, um, you know, all, all of that. So what have you guys uh, been seeing and how do you feel the pandemic has changed the designer toy scene or affected it? I mean, definitely events. I think for me, a lot of what kept, I mean, even things we talk about on the podcast, right? You think about, we talk about Toy Fair New York and, you know, this overseas event and Five Points and all these things happening throughout the year. And a lot of times we'd sprinkle in and be like, oh, hey, there were, you know, Vinyl Pulse was out there covering this event and look at all this awesome stuff they saw or that was up for like a prototypes that were being previewed. And so for me, that's been a biggie is just that that lack of event coverage and just and not being able to see anyone, not having five points hurt, and now no decon hurts too. So that for me has been for sure a, a big change. Um, and I know there's been a few virtual things here and there, but it's just, you know, it's not the same. And I haven't really been too invested in trying to follow it. Um, really curious with the whole designer con virtual app approach they're going to go with and what it's going to be like. Um, the fact that they're still going to do a cost to enter is interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. Events for sure have been affected. What do you think, George? Uh, well, before we get into that, the speaking of events, did you guys watch the DKE Con for SDCC DKE? Did any of you guys tune in any of that? You know, I didn't watch it, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, it was actually really cool to see see what he did and how the setup was. It was like a the exact hours of what SDCC would have been, he was live in his booth, set up in his warehouse. Yeah, okay, so I saw that. Yeah, that was a great approach. And yeah, it seemed really cool. And it seemed Wait. like a really great way to do it. He stood there the whole time? Yeah. No. Yeah. And didn't they do interviews and that sort of stuff too? Yeah, yeah it was like all these panels throughout the day, basically. You could just tune in and then... You can buy stuff throughout the day on the website or, you know, it was, it was really cool, really fun way to do it. See, I think for me, I'm so bad about virtual. I mean, you know, you all have picked on the fact, like I don't listen to podcasts cause it's just, and so <laughs> I'm, virtual stuff to me is kind of an extension that I just need to be a heck of a lot better, I guess, at following when stuff's going to happen and trying to tune in for it. Cause I've been terrible. I've not taken part in anything virtual this year yeah i'm kind of like you know, but that's no surprise like you guys know that i can't even do watching instagram stories so that's no, no different there but i have heard that virtual conventions have been quite successful for the people that who have done it they've sold out of stock um been great reception globally from their collector base not just people that were able to attend the events and so there's been some concern from people wondering if the people that are having good success at doing the virtual cons are they going to want to participate in the physical conventions when they start back up again are those valid concerns george um i don't think so because if you're what it comes down to is a convention is never really for selling the thing you're there selling it's actually kind of more of a marketing thing where you're making new clients hopefully like you're 
you're you know getting a new audience, you're introducing yourself to people who might not have even known about you. That's kind of more what it's for, I would think. Um, I mean, granted, San Diego Comic Con is less that nowadays because it's too hard to get in. So the only people that get in are the people that were already there. So that one, you're not really getting new clients from. I think that's something I found throughout the years I was there. I don't know if you did or not. But the people that came back every year were the people that were there the year before. Yep. And I was not definitely not growing my business by being there. That's why I kind of just decided it was time to get out of it. So I think there's some, sometimes, like, conventions like that. But I think the uh, general, like, the smaller conventions or places like Decon, I think you're going to find you'll get new audiences by being there that you wouldn't you're preaching to a choir if you're doing it online to your own fans, you know? Yeah, it's just, to me, it would be a major bummer if that became the new norm for a lot of reasons. Because not just, like, there's the networking side of you as an artist, right, or a company. Networking, that's the word I was looking for. But there's also collect, like, I love, as a collector, meeting the artists that I collect and meet, like, talking to them, maybe getting something signed, meeting fellow collectors that I've met through Instagram, um, like, I don't know. There's just, that's what I think has been so hard for me is I just, I miss so much, like seeing people like you, I miss my toy friends. Like, I just want to go out and see these other humans and I don't have anyone around me right now. So I, I would personally be majorly bummed also though, but like, there's something to being able to see the things in person as well. The things you're going to buy to see customs in person and not just people, but the things. So yeah, I think that's huge. Being able to look yeah. at it, hold it. See yeah. the stuff. There's just, there's so, I mean, I'll never forget going to my first event and seeing some of that stuff in person and just being gobsmacked and like, Holy shit, that looks so good in person. And you just lose that. I mean, I going think- back to the UVD toys like that evil ape figure, I thought was way bigger when I first was buying it online. I got it in hand and I was like, wow, this thing is great. It's like the perfect size. It's so much smaller. And it was like, now I want to buy all of them. So yeah. if I had seen that in person, like, yeah, I would, I, I like, I almost was, wasn't going to buy it, but I was a fan of MCA. So I wanted to get it. And I'm just glad I did because then I really like it. So it's, it is, it's one of those things you have to see that stuff in hand, you know? Yeah. Oh, I've misjudged, missized, misjudged size <laughs> so many times. There was actually, so I got really close to buying this little banana figure that My Plastic Heart posted about. I don't know if you all saw it. So it's like a little banana dude. But I almost did that that thing. I was picturing in my head this like teeny toy. And then I looked up the measurements and I was bigger than I expected. And I was like, darn it. I don't think I would like that in person. (laughs) So I'm trying to be more aware. I'm like, is this thing what I'm picturing in my head? And it's it's hard. Like Dino Kitty is massive. If people don't realize, like that is a big honking toy. Yeah, it's a big toy. So, so, so I don't know. I, I I I think it'd be. I would be surprised if this became the norm, but I also wouldn't be shocked to see more virtual stuff happen. And I don't think it's a bad thing. All the Instagram lives and videos and stuff out there. I tend to miss a lot of them but there are some that i'll try to go back to and watch when i can yeah i don't think it's going to become the norm i think but i can see a few of like the larger booze and companies kind of wondering if hey we're we're selling out of our stock by not attending these conventions we're reaching our a global fan base instead of just the attendees like why are we going to spend thousands of dollars for booths and plane tickets and hotel costs for our employees like 
that's kind of my concern. Um, but I don't. I, I doubt it's going to happen. But I can see where maybe a few companies might decide maybe not to attend future events and just go full virtual because there is something to being able to reach an entire global collector base. Like all those Asia conventions we can't go to, but now we can just attend a virtual event and still have the same chance of purchasing something as some of the attendees. There's, there's something there to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hope we do. I hope they don't go away. <laughs> I do like the creative thinking people are taking during this time though, with conventions closed and shops being closed and people are finding very creative ways to, get their e-commerce back going, you know, you're seeing Instagram lives and virtual conventions and a lot of fun takes on virtual conventions. And another thing that's popped up recently is this pop-up shop live thing that 3d retro is doing. Um, that seems like another great way. And, and they seem to be going with that full steam. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know it was an app that I downloaded because they were releasing the Mabgraves dino kitty through one of these pop-up shop uh, events and um, yeah, so I got uh, just a short little thing on it. But are other stores using the pop-up shop live take as well? No, I mean, there's. Uh, I think um, Japan LA, I think uses it. Um, Leanna Lynn's. I've seen yeah, them. There's a bunch. I think there's a few people using it. Is, but, it, is but, it just uh, the West Coast? Is like Rotofuji or My Plastic Card or Strange Cat? Anybody doing it on the other coast? That I don't know. I've not seen any. Um, it's not. I I've heard of it. I've not tried to join one yet. And I think for 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 a while I couldn't because uh, it's iPhone only, which I think is kind of a bummer. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I did hear. They're working on that. They're, they're working on that. They're working on that now because uh, I asked Ben that for the whole virtual decon thing. Like, is it going to be just iPhone users? Like, that's not fair. Yeah. And they that they're doing a uh, desktop version that anybody will be able to sign. So is this uh, this app is a testing ground for virtual designer con then? Uh, yeah, it's going to. I think he's working with them okay. to do virtual designer con. So yeah. I, think he, I think he announced that. I think he said that. Okay, so I did join one pop up shop, and that was just purely just to go to 3D Retro and try to can get the Dino talk, Kitty. Can we just say it, it's called Pop Shop, not Pop Up Shop. <laughs> Wait, what? Just Pop, pop Shop. shop. I was, pop I was pop like, shop I, I yeah, feel pop like shop I can correct you, but I'm just going to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teresa, thanks. I appreciate that. So the pop up sh pop shop live events, I did watch one of them, and I said it was because I wanted to get to pick up the Dino Kitty from 3D Retro. And unfortunately, they were holding this thing during the, the middle of the work week. So I just didn't, I had back-to-back -back meetings. I could only pop in and watch for about 10 minutes, and they didn't offer the Dino Kitty during that period, so I did miss out on it. Um, hopefully they, they host these things at a, a better time where more people can partake. But um, from what I saw, my God, it was like the best way I can describe it to someone who hasn't done it yet. It, it looks like, like the home shopping network for designer toy shops. So that's what I was going to ask since I've not joined it yet. Um, Maybe you know more, George, about how it works. Because I figured that's probably that I figured that was going to be the app that decom was run off of but do you is there still like a website to go buy from you you buy it right in the app you like you just say you want it like and it somehow you buy it right there i, I haven't bought anything in there yet so i don't know the actual purchasing system 
but yeah. you buy it right you buy it right through the thing while you're watching yeah yeah it, it's it really feeds into that whole impulse buyer mentality and it was crazy to watch i only watched it for maybe 10 15 minutes at the most but everything ben was showing whether it was a vag capsule or a new release or even something that someone saw in the background like all the watchers were just picking these things up and he's like well thank you so and so for your purchase and it was um it seemed hugely successful for them yeah i like I mean, hearing that, I, I like the concept, thinking about how it could apply to decon. I just hope, like, I hope there's some good organization about when stuff is going to be released and who's going to be up on the pop shop live at what time. Yes, that, 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 that's what I would like to know, because I don't have the time or really want to sit through an hour pop shop live event to finally make my purchase. Right. Like, I would like to know what's happening at Friday, 11 a.m., jump on, get your thing. Like I, I would still prefer that way of purchasing is something. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have not tuned in. It's not for me. I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't need to sit there and watch Ben sell toys live, but like it's, I, I, I can see the enjoyment people get out of it. I tuned in one time just to see what it looks like. And you know, you, you hit the little like button and the little hearts fly up the side of the screen or whatever it is. And it's almost like watching a, uh, you remember that what was it periscope or something like that it was called like it was one of those like apps that was people were doing live things and it's kind of like the instagram thing, i guess now where people can like click on it and they tell you they like what you're doing or whatever as you're as you're talking and people comment and it seems like it's fun i guess yeah was it like home shopping network where like in the corner it'll say like 100 198 it's like counting no, I'm sorry. Not exactly like that. There was no ticker on the screen showing you the quantity amount left remaining. Or, But Ben was doing his own ver- version of that. He was definitely letting you know what was left. And that was kind of like the excitement in the room, right? Because you got all the collectors in the chat thread. And it seemed like they were kind of wanting to be the first one to make the purchase. And like George said, all the hearts are flying. So there was a good community energy and vibe and enthusiasm in the room, which is really cool. This was like a fun, new, creative thing that popped up during this pandemic and it seems like a great way for the stores to take advantage of and, and develop the community and potentially just move a lot of product in a, in a very fun way but if this is what designer con is going to be using say in a couple months here uh it'll be interesting how this pans out and how they handle it i don't understand how it's going to work with designer con i haven't really talked to ben about it at all so like i don't know his plan but i i you know, just just from my own outside perspective, I don't get it. Like, does everybody just have their own little shop, and you sign into someone right. individual shop? I don't know. Like, I don't. How do we feel he... about virtual designer con being still being a paid event? I know all other virtual cons have been free for the most part, weren't they? They have, but they've also been, to my knowledge, they've been free. But the other thing that's different about decon, which I think is interesting, is they're doing it paid because they don't want it just freely open to the public. So you think about the few, like a San Diego Comic-Con, like you'd think I should have, I've never been, I've never probably will afford to go. And I could have attended like all these panels and stuff and I still didn't do it. But anyone and anyone and everyone could basically participate in SDCC this year. Right. But with Decon, what they're choosing to do is not just say, Hey, anyone and everyone can kind of pop in and see this. They're doing, uh, you know, they're making it close to the public and they're doing this cost for entry, which I do think is intriguing. And as a collector, 
it appeals to me a bit in the sense that it's like, okay, it's not like everyone and their mother can just get in and go buy this stuff. It is going to be limited to the people who have paid to participate. Okay, but you and George were just talking about several minutes ago, the great thing about doing conventions is that anybody and everybody outside of your regular audience can get the stuff. But now also when you're paying to get in, is that is that isn't that like buying the like the special bear brick or whatever? Like you're kind of buying something, right? Yeah, so you're not just yeah, so are you buying like a VIP pass where you get in to maybe buy things an hour ahead of people? Or so he, general public is there still gonna be a VIP and a general a general public? Yep. Okay. So if for anyone interested, you included Gary, um, Ben posted like about a thirty minute long video to the decon page. Um designer con on instagram and he gets like an update of you know the changes to designer con and the fact that it's going virtual and he talks to some of this in there so if you want details on what he may have posted more since then but there is a good video recap out there um but it is going to be like the the, the two levels they're not going to do a, a individual saturday and sunday pass they're just going to do a weekend but they are going to have a vip versus a weekend pass available but he hasn't, to my knowledge, disclosed any prices. So, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm just kind of waiting to see what the prices are. I think before I have a reaction. This sounds like a logistics nightmare, though. Is DesignerCon going to take all credit card orders, and then how does that work with like ta taxes and all that sort of stuff with no, the other vendors? That's what I think. I think each shop has to have their own sales i think you would think so i have no idea really i i don't know what i don't know anything about anything huh. as a as a as a typical designer con vendor george are you entertaining the idea of being a virtual vendor oh i was looking forward to having no decon this year <laughs> <laughs> you see that's that's the other thing i'm curious about is you talk about with the DKE con and the fact that he was live literally all those hours of the day. And if is our vendors all going to have to do that, is it all live or they all have to be available or is it just, Hey, I put stuff in a shop and you can go shop it whenever, or is it up to the so artist? Like, at, like one o'clock from one to two, I'll be doing my thing. Like, right. Like that's what I'm still trying to get a feel for. Is there going to be like this mess schedule that says, Hey, here's what everyone's doing because that to me is as a collector i'm not sure i understand how do i know who's doing what and when and who all's participating and and if it's all the vendors from decon like are they all if if everyone's doing it at the same time how do you get to where you want to be like like yeah. I, I remember there and was the thailand toy expo they did a virtual event kind of like what DKE did where they had a giant warehouse and they set up all the booths and display cases and you would just log in and use your computer's arrow keys and you can walk through the event and you know zoom into the display cases and look at customs and stuff like that. And It seemed like a really cool idea, but I found it hard to navigate. I didn't really enjoy it. Yeah, it, I could never get it to load properly. Yeah, yeah same thing with me. Yeah, I went in and tried it and I got to a play school booth and I was like, what am I looking at? Like, why am I doing this? And I love <laughs> And I think it was just the case that I didn't know how to operate their interface, maybe. Maybe there was a quicker way just to go right to the booth that you wanted to, and I just didn't explore and take enough time to figure it out. Yeah, I, I just, I think, 
I, you know, so five points is, is it officially off for this year? Like for sure? Yeah. Yeah. For this okay. year, it's officially off. I, I honestly hadn't heard if it was, if they were trying to still find a new date, but I mean, I think it's good. They made a decision. It's to me, it's the right one, you know, considering everything going on this year, I would have been shocked if they said, yeah, we're still having decon in person as usual. I just, I feel like I'm just kind of waiting to hear how all this is going to flesh out before I decide, but this will be of all the events. If five points had done virtual, I would have considered it as well. But of all the things that go on during the year, these are the two I go to five points and decon. So this is the one I see myself trying to invest in and, and participate in, but it just depends on how it shakes out with entry costs and who all is going to participate and all that good stuff. Cause I don't know, given what you were saying, Gary, where a lot of these people could just, you know, sell on their own sites or pages and just do what they've been doing this whole time. Do you think that they'll, all these artists that we typically see at Decon will still join this virtual event? I hope so. Yeah, but, but I don't know. Designer Con has, what, 400, 700 vendors? I mean, there's no way that many vendors are going to partake in the virtual event, right? Like, how is Designer Con going to manage that? I imagine it's going to be, Metacom and Kid Robot and, you know, you know, some of the larger companies, but like are all the small indie people still going to be doing it? And it'll be interesting to find out. Right. I, mean, okay. I, I hope some of them do because it's definitely, if it's some way to get their name out there in front of other people, you know, that's going to help, especially at this time where people need, they really need to get the support. So it's like, it, it, it could be a good way for people in the scene to still support their favorite artists, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now you mentioned yeah. Five Points Festival. Like, what was always linked to that was the Designer Toy Awards, and you know, back in February, March, we were doing the whole nomination process for who was going to be on the short list, hopefully, for this year's DTAs. But now that the Five Points was canceled, does that mean that the Designer Toy Awards was canceled for the year as well? Like, has anybody heard anything on that front? I, I know nothing about it. I would. I mean, I know that running a Kickstarter is no small feat, so they've probably been really busy with this because this whole they their clutter is the one that ran that whole Kickstarter, right? Like for the Cambot. Yeah. So like that's it's not easy to run a Kickstarter. It's a lot of work every day. Oh, absolutely, and I'm not saying that it's not. I was just saying that the Designer Toy Wars, the nominations, that was wrapped up first thing of March. So at this point, that's when the judges would then come up and take the nominations and narrow it down to a small list of finalists. And as far as I know, I don't know that that's taken place at all. So I wonder if the DTAs had just been postponed altogether until there's another five points festival, or if there are plans for this to be a virtual event in the coming months. I, I, I haven't heard a single thing on it. Maybe we'll reach out and get an answer for the next time we record in six months. Yeah. <laughs> well, so seriously, are we going to record every six months? Is this what we're doing now? Oh, we're back, baby. This is us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hold on, though. Did you all see, before we leave this DTA topic and, and talk about what the heck we're doing, if we're doing race regularly, uh, Clutter did post something about a DTA show starting September 12th. And so they're doing, uh, it's a Cambot show, so they're using the Cambot as their base. Isn't the DTA custom show usually Donnie's? 
It used to be, so it sounds like they've switched to their own platform, which makes sense. So they're going to Cambot. They're doing an opening. It's DTA. Do you think they'll somehow just announce DTA winners? How about DTA this? Show. There I'm, you go. I'm, yeah. I'm going to reach out to Josh and Miranda, and we're going to try to get them on next week. Okay. okay. Maybe not next week. That's the week after that. <laughs> then I'm sure one of the other podcasts is going to grab them first, and then we're old news. Oh, man. Well, we, we thought of it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, so I have... if they're doing the CanBot, because you know the, was it the newcomer of the year or best? What's that category of the awards? Where you get your own dunny? Yeah. So is, is that over with? And speaking I, of which, know, when is Sad Salesman getting his own dunny? I was he, just going to say, I've been waiting when he won. It was Breakthrough Artist, right? Breakthrough Artist, that's it. Yeah, but he was, he was... Dude, he was showing me his designs um, at DesignerCon last year. Like, he, he's I really hope it's The last one we saw was Horrible Adorables, and I really want a Sad Salesman dunny. Yeah. Well, I think that could be the end of Breakthrough Dunnies. Maybe it's going to be Breakthrough Canbots. That's my guess. Interesting. Well, let's get them on. We can we can hear more about it. Actually, do you all know, for a while there, Clutter was doing some really fun videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, for the same reason that we did, I think a lot, you know, some of the other podcasts kept on trucking, but I think all of us, one, we just needed the break, but like, doing this podcast and toys at the time just didn't was not a priority right it just it seemed just seemed weird to be talking toys when so much other stuff on in the world was going on i think now is the time for us to kind of get back in the saddle and and continue on but i think that's kind of where clutter fell as well once yeah. you know they fell ill and just dealing with the panic of is five points gonna fall apart and all that sort of stuff i'm thinking their little videos probably stopped, but those were fun and they were short and quick, not like our hour and a half long show. You can watch theirs in 10, 15 minutes. They were, they were good. But yeah, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on. It's just a weird, weird year, weird time. It's felt just weird. Do you guys appreciate things more now that we've gone through this? Do you look at your collection on your shelves and like knowing that people have been, you know, going through a lot of hardships of furloughs and layoffs and knowing that the stores are struggling and finding other ways to, you know, still get, get business. And do you find yourselves just appreciating what you have a lot more? No. God damn it, George. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if I'm a hundred percent, I feel like I'm the opposite. I'm just like, I have too much. I need to sell. <laughs> I need to clear out. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. Okay, I get that. But what I was trying to get at, like, this is one of those moments in the, during the pandemic where you appreciate what you, like, what you took for granted. Like, do you appreciate what all we had, the conventions, all the releases? And do you just appreciate things, like, differently now that we've gone through this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, do you, like, want to support people, like, more differently than maybe you did in the past? I don't know. 
there's you finally want to support other artists <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i want i just want to support like maybe not monetarily but in, in, a shout out can. here and there there you go we can give out more shout outs <laughs> Do you think, because I mean, I think where when we, near the end of when we stopped recording, you know, there was the whole small business Sunday and like all of this, just the economy was struggling, everyone's struggling, stores, whatnot, right? And just kind of trying to support the scene as best we can. And I honestly think that's where a lot of, you know, I was going out there and just buying blind boxes here or there, just to, you know, support this, you know, the scene and stores out there, but um, I don't know about you. I feel like it's gotten better as far as like there was a bit there where it was kind of seemed like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen? But I don't know. I feel like I'm still seeing like posts of stuff releasing and selling. And do you feel like this scene is doing OK overall? I do. I think it. I think it is. I think that there's I think artists are probably less affected by having to stay home than they were than other people who have to go out to jobs like especially if this is what you were already doing full time if you were already staying home making stuff all the time you're still just staying home making stuff so it's like i think for those kind of people it's you know it was probably an easy transition um for anybody that had the day job but they were relying on the day job to help you know offset the cost of doing what they like here in their hobby that could have been a problem or maybe that made them step up more and, you know, realize they can make money selling their own stuff, you know, and do this full time. Maybe some people won't go back to their day jobs. Yeah. I think for yeah. a lot of the artists not having the events is going to kind of hurt them a little bit. They actually look forward to those. And a lot of them had things in the, in the pipeline to be a designer con exclusive or five points, but they'll find other ways to sell that through e-commerce. But, is, are the stores doing as well pre-pandemic versus not? I, that's what I don't know. I think it seems like they're still doing well, but they're not getting that off-the-street foot traffic that they used to. So did it change for them for the better? Are people still supporting them online? That's what I don't know. Yeah, I wonder, like, a store like Rotofuji, who we, you know, we talked about on this podcast many times where they were – struggling month to month here and there it's like what happens to them did they make it is i mean i bought some stuff from them just recently so i know they're still around but no i but kirby's usually pretty open about it on facebook and it sounds like they're still struggling as usual but as you know with rotafuji great real estate big store i mean his ac bill monthly is probably what all the other stores combine is in rent you know it's like it can't be easy for them to keep these places open. I'm sure at this point, maybe a Rotofuji is, I think they are open to the public where they allow, you know, 20 people in at a time. So I think they are open today. I don't know about My Plastic Heart, uh, Strange Cat Toys. He's not a brick and mortar. So yeah, it'd be interesting to talk to a, um, a brick and mortar and find out how things are doing. I know. Service- I don't think. Retro. I don't think 3D Retro is open. I don't think my plastic card is either. Their emails always say like their online is right. open, but store is like specialty only or something like that. Like you can make an hour to come in, I guess, but or something like that. It always has a warning on there. About- I think they're just doing store pickups. That's yeah. what's weird about 3D Retro. For a long time in the toy scene, 3D Retro was kind of like the 
we'll sell things to direct, direct to you when we see you in person, but we're not necessarily hip to the online sales kind of store. And they've really flip-flopped that with all the Instagram live selling and pop shop live. And they're really coming to the forefront as far as like being an online retailer. Yeah, I think that pop shop thing really turned it around for them for sure. That's good. Because you're right. I mean, historically, there's been times where I know they're selling stuff and I'm like, where the heck is this on their site? <laughs> I know. I, I would, you know, come on. They're a sponsor. 3DRetro.com. We love you. Well, of course. Oh. We still have sponsors, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Let's just pretend we do. We're I still though. I still vote for we go for the value for value podcast style. Where there's no there's no commercials, there's no sponsors, no ads. People can donate for whatever value they get out of this podcast. If they think this is worth their listening, it's always gonna be free to them, but if they think it's worth it, throw us five bucks here or there or donate to the show. George, people are gonna want us to pay them. That's <laughs> Let's do that next. That's how little value this show has to people. So, are you saying next year when we do our next episode, we're going to be sponsor free? I think it's a way to try it. Value for value, we set up a donation page though. Okay, we're still paying our hosting fees though. Like the sponsors, we're paying our hosting fees. Yeah, but if we if we have value in our podcast and our listeners are. They think it's valuable to them. No, I mean, what does it cost to go to a movie for an hour and a half? Yeah, but nobody, no. nobody does those things where you put up a, hey, here's a link. If you want to support us, throw us. Like, no, no one ever supports those kind of things. Don't they support you through merchandise? And we sold all of two T-shirts. Like, I don't know that I would want to go that route. But I would like to, like, just... You have no faith in your own value, yet. <laughs> but George, is, George you're wrong. You know how sad it's going to be. No one's going to give us any money. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Like, I see people do those little no. asking yeah, for... Give, buy us some coffee. Nah, fuck no, fuck you. <laughs> I, I, no offense, but I've never clicked on that. I although, like, although I've changed my behavior. Like, in the pandemic, you know, I've do, been doing nothing but take out almost every single person like before when i would get takeout i would go like oh here's two bucks but now i'm tipping 20 percent on every takeout meal i do it's getting expensive but you know the waiters are no longer getting tips and stuff like that so i think it's it's important to still support those you know independent you know small businesses out there in that way and i would consider us a very 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 small business Almost no business. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of another small business we should support, um, and this is another Kickstarter that I don't know if this is going to go up by the time the Kickstarter ends or not, but have you guys seen the Barbarian Rage comic book Kickstarter? I have, because you showed and, it to me. And I only bring it up here on this show because it's not just a comic book, but he makes the comic. All the pictures in the comic are done by photographs of the toys he created. Cool. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, so it's real interesting, um, and it is already funded, so you can jump on and get your thing. But he's also got a couple of minifigures he put up as part of the campaign. So it's uh, if you're into little minifigures, these are all handmade resins. Um, might be worth checking it out. Just type in Barbarian Rage and Kickstarter, you'll find it. Awesome. When does that end? 
uh, in a couple days. So it might not be by the time you put this up. I don't know when it's going to go. I'll try, uh, I'll try to get it up by Wednesday. I think it ends Wednesday, September 9th. <laughs> so Thanks for the if you're listening up. now, go right now before it ends. <laughs> well, guys, we did it. We actually, five and a half months, we finally got around to doing an episode. Nice catching up. I'm sure they'll have it. I mean, since it funded, you'll still be able to get the comic from him afterwards. So at least go and look at the Kickstarter. and I'm sure there'll be a way to contact them and pick up some stuff if, if you miss it. Okay, important question. Here we go. Let's do this. Okay. When are we recording again? Are we going to keep up a routine? George, with baby Elliot in the house, are we on baby time? Teresa, I know things are crazy where you work. Like, are you up for trying to pick this up again? Yes. Is this on the air or are you cutting this? No, this is all on air. (laughs) 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 <laughs> well, shit, just hold me to whatever to I going. say, Gary. <laughs> Let's it, do this. Let's find out if we still have an audience that's tuning in because we've been gone a long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a... Uh, Hi. Hey, Jess. How's it going? Good. Hi. So let's wrap up. Let's <laughs> good, good talk. Good talk. <laughs> Let's wrap this episode up and then I can stop recording. All right. We did it, you all. We did it. It was good catching up with you. Talk to you in 2021. Oh, God. Oh, we're doing it again. Okay. Let's, okay. I'm going to commit to it. Let's try. I don't know about weekly, but let's do our best to work around baby time and day jobs and actually make this happen again because we're paying the hosting fees. We might as well put something up at least once or twice a month. I think so. Let's do it. Okay. If people people still want to hear us, that is. (laughs) I I say, hopefully people still want to hear us. I'm pretending we're all putting our hands in and we're going to yell, one, two, three, go team. We got it. (laughs) The the bad thing about stopping for so long is, yeah, are people still out there? So I guess we'll find out. But until next time, why don't you... each of you take a brief moment and let our listeners know where they can find you. Teresa, go first. Yep. If you want to hit me up, uh, find me on Instagram, tmhawk24. George. Uh, Instagram is at double G toys. And I am Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We're going to try to do this as often as possible. So our, until our next transmission, that's not how it was, was it? We, we do it because we want to, uh, because we have to. Yes. <laughs> because we, we have to, not because we want to. We don't do this because we have to, but because we want to. <laughs> so until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. 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 Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a good thing. I think that's the best one. How do I, like, I said that stuff. I, hundreds of times. Hundreds of times, and you How, still don't. I was just like you know, not touching this computer, like almost forgetting my login to my. I haven't touched this computer in five and a half months. Like, I almost didn't log in. Teresa forgot her Skype ID. Like, we're just falling apart. <laughs> How am I the most prepared? You guys are. A mess. I know. I have to cut like thirty Crazy. minutes. All right. So until next time. Bye, guys. Bye.